Welcome back to the Cover Zero podcast. It is our week 11 preview coming at you live tonight. I'm your host, Jordan, on this beautiful Sunday, November 20th, 2022. I'm joined by Jay. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, bro. I'm doing good. It's good to be back on the show, man. It's good to be back on the show. Mm-hmm. Week-long hiatus, had some technical difficulties, but we're here now. You will actually even still get a preview for us next week, or this week, I should say, coming up for week 12. Uh, we're going to preview the slate of some of the Thanksgiving Day games. You know how we do here on the show. And tonight, we're going to kick this one off, actually, with a Sunday night recap from the game between Kansas City Chiefs and the L.A. Chargers. AFC West showdown, the Chargers getting Keenan Allen healthy, getting Mike Williams back, who unfortunately had to leave with an ankle injury, even though he had a nice catch before he went out. But this game this game was flexed into the Sunday night window when originally it wasn't pegged to be there. And I think it delivered on the on the on the billing that it had to be pushed into the primetime light. Jay watching this game like the Chiefs again, man. What more What more can we say that we haven't already said? I mean, before I ask you that question, I think the better question is this. What could the Chargers have done differently in your eyes tonight to maybe turn the tide in their favor? That, I'm, I'm glad you switched it because that's where, that's where I want to start off is really with the Chargers, man. Um, you know, I, I, I felt for the most part, well, I can't say most part. I'm going to say about maybe 50% of how they played this game, if out of 100, 50% of it, they – as far as them being able to play really good, they keep they kept the game close. They didn't allow the Chiefs to really go up there and really put touchdowns on the board or anything like that. They were keeping them to field goals, holding them to field mm-hmm. goals for most of the most of the game, yeah. really all the way up until that last quarter. They did have a touchdown in the second quarter, but I mean first quarter, six points, it's two field goals, mm-hmm. right? Then the third quarter, they put up a field goal. So they was really keeping the game close where they kind of wanted it to be. So that I did like. I did like that part of the game. I also like with the Chargers how they were really keeping it balanced. They were they were trying to run the ball. They were throwing the ball. But my thing is here, although you were able to keep them, you know, to three points for most of these, you know, mo- mo- most of these uh, these drives and these quarters, they weren't putting up enough touchdowns. And and I think you know they they had they they had twenty points ending out of the first mm-hmm. half. They had they had they. They got a touchdown, then they got a field goal. Then they got a touchdown in the second quarter, then they got another field goal. you got to turn those into touchdowns. You just have to when you're playing a team like the Chiefs. And then the second half, that's when it really got ugly mm-hmm. because they didn't put up another touchdown until late into the fourth quarter, you know, and it shouldn't – You went. they went a whole They went a whole quarter, third quarter, without putting up any points. And that's just – you know, that's something that you can't do when you're playing the Chiefs. You just – you know, you can't. you got to be able to put up – got to be, be able to put up touchdowns because – there's only so much you're going to be able to do to really hold that offense. I mean, you know, rarely do you see, you know, rarely are you a- even able to keep them to field goals, you know, and if you're able to do that, you want to be able to take advantage and make sure you're putting up touchdowns. But if you're not doing that, eventually they're going to end up taking over the game. And that's what we've seen here tonight, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, this Chiefs team, we've talked about it with Mahomes before. And it was it was on display again, man. We talked about it the last time we recapped the Sunday night game when the Chiefs were playing after they beat the Titans, right? And I've said this before on the show many times, and it's just still evident. Jason Voorhees, bro, that's who that man is. And there was five lead changes in this game before until the final quarter then. There was a 6-1 when Mahomes got the ball back because I think the Chargers left 
when he hit Josh Palmer in the end zone for the touchdown to take the lead. I think there was about a minute 26 left, minute and a half left, something like that. And then just all Mahomes needed was six plays. All he needed was six plays, 75 yards, got the touchdown to Kelsey. And the one thing that I do appreciate when I can watch these, this Charger game, at least from the start of it, when I, when I think about it, the one thing I can appreciate, at least the way they opened it up, was how that offensive line, not the offensive line, but the defensive line for L.A. was a lot more present this game at first than they were, in, than they were when they first played. It was like, wasn't it a Thursday night game in week two? That was the one where Justin sustained the rib injury and was just not really himself. But a lot of the portions of that game, there wasn't the Chargers defensive line was just getting gashed and really able to be taken advantage of. And then in the second half here tonight, after Clyde Edwards Hilaire went down with an injury, that's when we really saw Andy Reid make a concerted effort to go to Isaiah Pacheco and really utilize the run game and get that going. And as I think honestly, I think this too. In football in general, a lot of people will tend to talk about you don't lose your job to injury. Like if you're injured and you, you know, somebody the, the backup comes in, the backup does great. When you come back healthy, you should start. Some people, some people talk about that. I think in this particular case with Kansas City, I think Isaiah Pacheco got to be that starting running back. I would have to agree with you. And I, and I'm definitely not somebody that believes in that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously, if you're a fan of that team, then you may have some type of favoritism towards that player. But just outside looking at you're just a football fan and you're and, and you know the game, even if you're a fan of that team, you know that, that player can get injured. And, yeah, he's sh- OK. Yeah, he should be able to come back. But if you know there's another player, backup player that's been shining too, you know, especially as a backup when he does get his his, his chance to shine, there's a possibility he may take your job, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's what we've seen here tonight, man, because Pacheco, he's he brings a different type of explosiveness in the run yeah. game, bro. You know, and he's not the biggest back or anything like that, but he he just he shoots out the hole. He's got really, really good. Dude, like, like he runs like he's pissed off at the ground. Like the way he steps yeah. his feet into the ground, it's like, <laughs> no, I don't like you, grass. Like, <laughs> right, right, yeah, he does, bro. He does. He 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 runs with a lot of a lot of aggressiveness, man. He runs with a lot of power to be that small. You know, he runs angry. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, it's just another element to that offense. I mean, you know what? What more can we? Like you just said before before I started talking about the Chargers, man. What else more can we really say about this Chiefs offense? You know, that's why when. When Tyreek Hill left, I knew it was big for them. That was that was a huge loss. But you know how good Andy Reid is with 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 the rest of his players. You know how they were going to do in the draft. You know they weren't going to suffer to the point, and they got Patrick Mahomes. And you know they just wasn't going to suffer to the point where they're not going to be able to put up any points or all of a sudden now the offense is dead. That just wasn't going to be the case. Mm-hmm. They're going to find somebody that can fit that scheme, and they're going to be able to go with it, you know. And so – and now, you know, the run game, the run game looks strong. I mean, if they keep that up – the only reason why I don't think they're going to keep it up because Andy Reid just has something against he the just, run, even when we think. <laughs> I think if he's like even, forced, you know, like, it, right. like okay, all right, I did it. All right, now let me. And he's also got Mahomes, so you know what I mean. You don't want to take the ball out of his head. His head's right, too right, much. Right. No yeah. One can, yeah, yeah. But if they do, if they if they end up really kind of keeping it balanced the way they did tonight, I mean, again, this this offense is you know is it's even more explosive. If if they you know. If they can't get even more explosive, I mean, I mean, they're just that's just where they're at, man. I mean that, but yeah, the, going back to Isaiah Pacheco, man, I think you got a point there, man. Um, Hilaire might have lost his job. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see. And it was there was a point in the third quarter. It was after Derwin James had the the sack on Patrick Mahomes, where they sent him on the blitz. That he was 
he was he started off lined off as a safety and then he kept he spun down late in the down in the cadence before the ball was snapped. He was pretty much like at about linebacker depth on the outside and the tight end released and he shot in and it was it was basically I think it was was it Pacheco or McKinnon who was responsible. It was basically the running back was responsible to take him down and he he threw that dude's soul through the turf on his way to Patrick Mahomes and sacked him. And it was like at that point Collinsworth made a good Collinsworth made a good comment. He was like Mahomes is one of his last seven right now to start the third quarter. And it's now third and 17 and Mahomes is going to be throwing from his end zone. And I just was sitting there. I'm watching, you know, my shout out to the wife. She's out in the East coast. Kids are back at their mom's house. So I'm sitting in an empty ass house talking to myself, watching the game. And I'm like, it's third and 17, bro. Watch him convert this. He don't got no receivers out there. Watch him convert. And he did (laughs) third and 17. They run that dagger concept. Boom. And that's, that started the run that started everything else. And then the chiefs just that got him in his rhythm to the time the fourth quarter rolled around. And it was just, you know, typical Mahomes. Exactly. Did you hear that? Uh, the stat also that Patrick Mahomes has never lost a division game on the road. I didn't, I didn't see that. Patrick, stat. I thought you yeah. was going to bring up the other stat that they brought up, which was 24 straight wins or something like that in November and December mm-hmm. or something like that, that they brought up at the, at the bottom of mm-hmm. the screen. Um, I don't know if I'm quote if I'm quoting that right, but yeah, that 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 was crazy. You know, it's crazy, bro. Like when you think about these stats, you think like as good as he is, as good as the team has been. Obviously, two Super Bowl appearances, they won one. You you just still think it's still amazing that they were able to mm-hmm. do that. You know, um, that's yeah, that's crazy. Though. I didn't know about it's that. It's just one. it's no. it's nuts, and they never cease to amaze you. And as soon as they scored, I just I started. I noticed it today. Like when I figured we were gonna we were gonna recap the game. And I noticed myself doing right. this today. Like once the Chargers got that touchdown to Palmer and there was still time left on the clock and Mahomes had timeouts. I was yeah. just like, I started writing my notes as if when Mahomes what wins, wins, what do I want to put here as a key? Right. Like, right. It's, it's just right. this. It's not this like, oh, maybe Mahomes can score now. It's like, nah, bro, this, this dude's going to come down and put the ball in the end zone. Yeah. It just it it never ceases to to amaze me anywhere. It's, I guess that's the wrong word. It it's still I find myself in awe of it at times. And I mean, shout out to Derwin James. He and Travis Kelsey on third down is something that just football yeah. fans like us, no matter what, even though we don't like the Chargers or like the Chiefs, you still you still are right. appreciators, you know, and respecters and appreciate you know of, of good football. And mm-hmm. he was doing very very well against Travis Kelsey all the way up until the walk off TD. Pretty much until the till the game deciding TD. Just on the crossing route, he just got a little a little inkling of inside leverage, and that was all he needed. But up until then, yep. all of Kelsey's damage was done on other on other defenders, and just yeah. that's how it that's how tough it is to beat these guys. You can be you can be great, you can be perfect, you can be having a tremendous game, but the one play where you don't, they're going to take advantage of you on it, and it's going to result in a loss for your team in a tough division game. We'll move on now to the segments that we always hit you guys with on our Sunday recap show. First, we're going to start off with what's going on. Hello, Cover Zero. This is the NFL exec office. How can I help you today? What is going on? Jay, who's your what's going on? I'm going to start with the Vikings, man. What is going on? You know, I mean, obviously, we've we seen what the Cowboys was able to do yesterday, man. They put up 40 points against them. So, I mean, a lot of people. And then the Vikings only put up seven points. So, he meet or three points. They didn't get a touchdown. Sorry about that, Vikings fans. But, you know, three points. 
But what I really point to is not really the offense is, well, Kirk Cousins necessarily, because I know that's where people are really going to go with it. But seven sacks, that offensive line has been playing pretty solid this yeah, season. Yeah, they only really had one weak link in that offensive line, just one. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but I don't – like, my thing is and, – and I know, you know, the Cowboys' defensive line and, and you know, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about them. Their defensive line and their defense has played really, really mm-hmm. well this season. Yeah, for you sure. Know, um, and, and Mika Parsons is just – you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's great. He's unbelievable. You know, I mean, there's not one position on that around the linebacker from defensive line. He really could play. Right, can't play. You could put that dude at strong safety too on certain – but yeah, nah, he he's just a stud, man. But it's just unacceptable for that line to get destroyed the way they did yesterday, man. I, I just thought Kirk Cousins was sacked seven times. He has not been sacked more than four times this season. So I mean, and that's a lot, mm-hmm. but just seven, I just think you 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 have no chance. You have no chance to do anything at that point. You know, I mean, you're you're shaking right. the QB's confidence. He's not able to really move. And I mean, Kirk Cousins is never one to to scramble or anything like that. I mean, he may move a little bit, but it's not like he's a Lamar, Kyler Murray, or anything like that, or even Patrick Mahomes. So you gotta, he gotta have a clean pocket, man. And they just, they wasn't able to do that yesterday. And 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 that's just kind of like what's going on here. You know, you guys just prove that y'all can go up. Uh, uh, Buffalo's not no slouch. Buffalo's not no slouch. You see what they did last For week. Sure. They didn't. They weren't able to dominate that offensive line like that, you know. And they have a pretty good defensive line themselves, and a better secondary, in my opinion. So I, I don't. I don't know what happened today or yesterday, but it just unacceptable from that. From that. From that unit, you know. So I'm sure they'll get it right. They'll get it corrected, and they'll be back. But that you got to be able to block. And we we talk about it on this show all the time. We all believe in it. It starts in the trenches, mm-hmm. you know. So. Um, and that's where they let they they were let down. The QB was let down. The running back was let down. The coaching, everything they were let down by that offensive line yesterday. And I even think too, when sure seven sacks, everyone know. Wow, that's that's a huge number. You don't really see that in NFL games. That mm-hmm. maybe a few times a year, if that even right. But right. what it also does is not only, of course, it's like dang, we can't get anything going. Their their pass rush is a problem right now. You get one sack, and then it puts you behind the chains. So then in turn, the snowball type of effect of that is that then it, now it's going to change what your next play call is on, say, second down or, or, or third down. Yeah. It's like it almost like if you get a – if it's second and 10, second and seven or whatever, yeah. right, you get a big sack, third and 15, your, your regular third down calls that you may have gone to in a manageable right. type of situation, that's out the door. And right. so it, it really like throws off the momentum of a drive. It throws off the con like you were talking about the confidence of a quarterback. It throws off right. like receivers like basically being like, well, I, if I don't get open in two seconds, what's the whole what's the whole purpose of you know trying to run my route further or something? You know, just the mental impacts that it has right. that can like you know the ripple effect that 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 type of pressure creates for an offense. It's almost impossible yeah. to deal with, and it's and like you had also said, their offensive line over there in Minnesota is good. Right. My guy, Christian Derrissaw, is having himself a good ass season. He did not have himself a good ass game. (laughs) He did not. Mostly it had been teams picking on Ed Ingram, who's I think he's their right guard, one of their guards. And other than that, like Brian O'Neill and and Derrissaw are one of the best tackle combinations in the NFL right now. Right. The right tackle and the left tackle for Minnesota. Neither one of them necessarily had a standout game. And Garrett Bradbury is the center. It's just it didn't. 
it wasn't a promising day today. And this Dallas Cowboys defense has been very susceptible to the run. And they couldn't even get that goal. So no, they can't. You it, it, like you said, you brought up a, you brought up a good point. You can't. It changes the play calls. It changes the play calls entirely. You know, when your QB is getting sacked and you lost 10, 15 yards, you know, I mean, we know now you're going to throw the ball, especially if it's it's third down. Or, yeah, you may run a draw play, you know, in that sense, you know, you're basically just giving up on yeah, that Yeah, basically down, you just punt it on the drive on third down. You're punting it. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so it, you, you're really, you're throwing off the whole offense entirely. So, yeah, the run game is dead at that point, you know. And, and then that's another thing. <laughs> when you, When your defense is not able to get any stops, and the offense is on the opposing team is pulling away. That really takes up that, that takes the, takes away the run game mm-hmm. as well because now you're playing catch up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and that had to be a focal point at least going into this game, seeing how Dallas had been this week's or at least leading up to the season lately. I mean, Dallas, right. like Dalvin Cook today, he only had 72 yards on the ground, and mm-hmm. they averaged 25 points per game. Minnesota does today only three 72 yards for Cook. This is after two weeks where this Dallas Cowboys defense allowed last week against Green Bay, they allowed about just over 200 on the ground to them. And then they allowed damn near 250 against Chicago the week before, right? And one way that you can really like, it's not like Kevin O'Connell has to run the ball, the run the ball more. It's like you were saying, like when the offensive line is letting you down so much and you're behind the sticks and then the defense on the other side of it doesn't stop the opposing offense, the whole entire game scripts out the window. And and now, basically, by getting that type of pressure, you have one-dimensionalized your opponent. And yep. that's exactly what we saw today. I mean, and you got to think, too. They, they, was, they was probably panicking, you know, and going, into the, and going into the second half, going into the third quarter. They were down. They were down 20 points. Mm-hmm. They were already down 20 points at that point. And then, and then, like I said, they couldn't block for Kirk Cousins. So, you know, they're not going to be able to run the ball because, obviously, they don't, they don't have the time to do that. So that's out. And then you, the only thing you can do is throw the ball, but because your offensive line is not playing that well, you know, that, that your play calling as far as what you're going to be able to call, because you're going to probably have to get the ball out quick as the offensive line is not playing well, it limits you. Mm-hmm. It limits everything. So, so yeah, it just was a, yeah, it, it just was an all around bad day, you know, um, with that offensive line. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, what a letdown. Cause when finally, like, the, shout out, shout out to the fam, uh, the, the Nomi's in my family and the, the wife's, uh, the wife's dad, my, my father-in-law, my brother-in-law, they're, they're Vikings fans. And this whole entire right. year, they don't seem satisfied because a lot of these games have come down to the wire, right? And, and I get it. Like, it's, it's like, why can't we just win? You know, we have Justin Jefferson's one of the best receivers <laughs> right. in the league. We got a good offensive line. And you and me both agree, Jay. Like, me and, me and you both are Kirk Cousin. Like, no, don't, don't call this man trash. Yeah. Like, like, come on now. <laughs> right. Like, he ain't the best quarterback, but don't call this man trash. He's far from that. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Right. And for years, we were all, you know, we both are appreciators very much of all the blitz packages Mike Zimmer could mix in there. The players they got, you know, right, right. We, we are generally tend to be pro Vikings, and we are always right. pro good football. And when you are 8-1, yep. you got to be happy. Like, you, yeah. you like, like, take, like, I'm sitting there talking to him. I'm like, yo, look, you're one complaining, and look at, look at what boat I'm in here. Like, yeah, it could be worse. It could I'm be, like, 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 it could be where I'm at, right? Like, now. Would, y'all want to trade places? You want to wear these shoes? Like, I mean, so, th- yeah, but then they were just like, nah. And the, I get, though, the, I get that level of uncomfortableness when watching this team right, right. with how they were just doing that, that high wire act for so long. And this is a time right. where just, now the margin was blown out of proportion, and this is a result that can happen. Yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah, we'll we'll see if they can bounce back. Vikings are making the playoffs for sure. I would like to kind of yeah. see what they can do and mix it up in the NFC. But <clears throat> speaking of the NFC, though, I got to pivot to my what's going on. Today, that's the Rams. <laughs> what is going on? This team was a lot of people's NFC favorite going into the season. My, one, of, one of mine, too. We were both right there. And rightfully so. And, it's, and it has not panned out that way up to this point in the season. They lost 27-20 today to the Saints, who also have not necessarily had themselves a great year. Injuries, what have you. It's very interesting, too, in the fact that how these two teams played against each other with the fact that they really don't have a lot of cap space going forward. They have, just as a philosophy from a GM's perspective, they've, they've treated the salary cap like a, like a credit card or portions of assets that aren't tangible. From the front office perspective, they have treated like a credit card or an IOU. The Rams dealing out a whole bunch of first-round picks to get players for right now, and then the Saints on the other side of that coin just simply making deals that will keep them just, just below. They basically live in paycheck to paycheck, but salary cap to salary cap from year to year. And today, Andy Dalton went 21 of 25 for 260 yards and three touchdowns against a defense last year that was very good. Against a defense this year that not only has Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, two of the best at their positions, but also acquired Bobby Wagner, who is not the same guy that he was when he was playing for Seattle, but is still a very good middle linebacker. You would think that a good defensive coordinator like Raheem Morris and those type of players you'd be able to assemble something that isn't as easy to carve up as this is right now. And it just, it just, it, it has not looked good at all. In the first quarter, there was a touchdown that was on Jalen Ramsey, Jawan Johnson, the tight end slash wide receiver for the saints. Shout out to my ducks. He just completely boxed out big body Jalen Ramsey. And it wasn't necessarily like that can happen. You know, corners, it's, it's insanely hard to play pass coverage in the NFL in this modern era right now. But the fact right. that Andy Dalton, right off the bat, you watch him on this. It's, you know, they come out, they, they put five in the route. Onto the left side of the field, it was a three-by-two formation. So the two-receiver side was where Jawan Johnson was and where Alvin Kamara was. Alvin Kamara leaks into the flat, and then Jawan Johnson squares up in the middle of the end zone. How easy it was for him to just get position on Ramsey, to me, just speaks more to, like, we got to be doing something different here. We're in the low red zone. Yeah. We, we have to mix it up. The Rams play more, man, more zone coverage than any team in the NFL this year. It's zone, 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 zone. And when it's not working and hasn't been working, and you aren't that big on blitzing compared to where you may have, have been a, a couple of times in the tenure of Raheem Morris, this is what can happen when you don't look to go to it. And, I mean, I'm not I'm – not, not blaming this on Ramsey, not blaming this on play calling. It's it's a collective team issue here. And yeah. there was a oh, there was another point. Like injuries have happened, of course, for for the defense. Injuries have happened on portions of the offense, Cooper Cups on IR, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But it's it's collective decision making. And we've talked about this when we've addressed our Raiders. When things go bad for teams, it's not usually on one person. It's it's just like a slew of things. It's like a it's a giant, it's a giant crock pot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Right, that contribute mm-hmm. to it. In the second quarter, it was right. a fourth and one. Rams ball, they were down uh, 10-7, right? So very much a game, right? And the Rams were looking yeah. pretty good to start this one out, getting Stafford back after clearing the concussion protocol. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's a fourth and one. They decide they're going to go for it, right? They get stuffed. They don't complete it. Turnover on downs. However, here, this is something that I often always take into account with fourth down calls. It's not maybe necessarily always the decision to go for it, down in distance, time left in the game, blah, 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 blah. But it's what you call. What's your play call? What are you going to elect to get this gotta have it type of down, right? right. And the Saints come out. They line up six dudes on the line of scrimmage. The Saints defensive line is full of good, good players, right? You got Cam Jordan there on Yamada. And then you also have behind them one of my favorite linebackers in the league, Demario Davis. Right. right. And you got this is a seven man box and we run it out there in 11 personnel and they got trips to the right and Stafford in the gun. So when they call this run up the middle to Kyron Williams, mind you, which I like Kyron Williams as a six round rookie, which is what he is. Kyron right. Williams is not the dude I'm going to be plunging up the middle in the A gap against a stack box when I have a very bad offensive line. Right. I, the, the, it's just stuff like this. Like, why are we going to this? What's going on, Sean? I, I review you as one of the most I- insane football minds that is living on this planet right now. And when there's just things that make me scratch my head, it does exactly that. It makes me scratch my head. What are you, what are you doing, bro? I, I don't understand. Right. So one more play. Yeah, that didn't, make, that didn't make any sense right there. And that's a great point. That's a great mm-hmm. point. It just, I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I mean, there was, there was a play. One thing I do have to give them credit for what they've done defensively. And we all know Aaron Donald's going to get double teamed almost every play. It's it. He might even get triple teamed, which he does on certain plays. The one thing that I right. do have to give them credit for is what they have done to try to free him up to make something happen on that defense is, is they'll occasionally push him out on the edge, like playing defensive end. He'll either be in like a seven or a wide nine. Basically just imagine him being outside of the tight end is they'll put him out there to get him a one-on-one in particular today. It was a good example because Landon Young, the backup left tackle for the Saints was the guy that he was going against. And Jonathan Vilma made a great call on this particular one. It was almost like he had the magic eight ball in his hands. He circles on the little telestrator. Here's Olave in the slot. Let's see if they go to him because Aaron Donald's going to get a one-on-one here and he'll be breathing down your throat. And that's exactly what they did. Donald, right. beat, Donald right. beat the block, but Chris Olave went downfield and roasted Jalen Ramsey for a 52-yarder. It's just like when when they do something to help themselves out, something that they wouldn't expect to cause a leak happens, right? right. It's it's quicksand in that way. We're DeShane Falco from the replacements, but <laughs> that's just what it's reminded me of. And I just seeing this team today and seeing how this season has gone, this is looking bad for the Rams. And I just I see it continuing with Stafford going out in the third quarter. <clears throat> there was a five man. They ran a five man protection against the five-man blitz, right? And they sent, De- they sent DeMario Davis on a twist, and that's what, knocks, that's what knocks Stafford out of the game. And he's back in the concussion protocol, and it's, it's been a big problem. And last season, the Rams were one of the top teams in, ter- in terms of pass block win rate. This season, they're dead last. Injuries play a part, but so does roster depletion. And I think the combination of all of that, being a top-heavy team, stars and scrubs, coming back to bite them and we're going to see if they can turn the ship around but i think this season for the rams that three and seven man yeah i'm asking what's going on but i think we kind of know and it's just ugly to see it right now yeah it's a collective it's, it's definitely it's definitely ugly i had a question with this with this game right here who would you put it more at fault what unit would you put more at fault the defense or the offense probably you know i think if stafford maybe stays if stafford maybe stays in the game mm-hmm. 
it would definitely like it would it would look a lot it would look a lot better once once Stafford went out. I think it was they didn't put Wofford in. It was uh, Powell. I think it was. Pa- no, not Powell. That's the, that's their uh, kick returner guy. Perkins. Perkins. That's right. That's it who was, went in. Uh, right, and he just yeah. you know th- he was basically went into this season as being the third string guy, quote unquote, your emergency yeah. quarterback. You put your emergency yeah. quarterback behind what's the worst pass blocking line in the NFL this season. Yeah, against a Saints defense that is full of like. Like like fire breathers that are going to be yeah. deployed by that's one thing the Saints yeah that's one thing they have mm-hmm. is a defense and we and obviously they got a really good a good defensive minded head coach over right there. right exactly that's the thing like when you you give that those guys a bad offensive line a quarterback who is down the focal point of that offense in 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 a situation where you're already down yeah it's just it's just a recipe for disaster so if I was to put it really on one side of the ball. Probably, probably on the defense, man. It have to go on the defense. That's no probably That's about that. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm trying to. I'm remembering here. It's it's not. It's it's on the defense for sure. With just how easy it was to see the Saints move the ball. Like there's put up point. Yeah, because bro, Andy Dalton shouldn't be. He shouldn't be that good versus the Rams. I mean, I you know, regardless of you know, they've lost mm-hmm. some players. Some of the players getting older. Whatever, Ramsey might not be the same. But like we talked about, Ramsey. I think with him, and, and and I know you you agree to this, it's just a lot of frustration just going on. You know, it's a lot of frustration going on as far as play calling, as far as him him himself getting burned a lot because we've seen this. It's not the first time we've seen him get beat. I mean, he's he's been beat way more this year than we than we've ever seen. I you know, I mean, it's it's like a I don't know I you know, and I I don't know. It's like a it's just a drop off coming from him. You know, mm-hmm. you just you see it happening. You hate to see it because. He's been that hands down number one, number one, number two corner for the last few years mm-hmm. here, and he just hadn't, he hasn't played like that at all, at all, not even close. So you know, I, I just think it's a lot going on with him and some of these star players. You know, just being frustrated and and it's and it's coming out, it's coming out as far as on the field, their play. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and some of they got to, you know, it's it's on them too. You know, they could, you know, like we like you just talked about, you know. Ramsey getting burned, you know, you have nobody to blame but yourself, bro. Right. You know, like at the end of the day, you can't, I mean, yeah, you can be mad at a play call. You can be mad at, you know, what what what, what the game plan is and all of that. But at the end of the day, you're the one that we're, we, we look at. You're the best. Mm-hmm. You We look at you as the best. Not just on this team. The league look at right. you as the best, you know. So for you to be getting beat the way you're getting beat, you know, it's just unacceptable. Period. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what's getting, what, what, what's getting called and, and, and whatnot. It's not a new defensive coordinator. Out here, this is a defensive coordinator that just helped y'all. You know, obviously Sean McVay is a, is the reason, but Raheem Morris ain't no slouch as a defensive coordinator. Absolutely. And y'all just won y'all first Super Bowl with him being on that side of the on that side of the ball, him calling those plays. So mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you know, at the same time, it, it's with the players too. They have to play better. So yeah, yeah, it's just, I definitely put it on yeah. the defense for sure. I, I, Andy Dalton is, you know. <laughs> He he's not a good QB. He's, he's not. At all. It, it looked it looked yeah. great today. And the thing that's about it too is the Saints they have their injuries in the offensive line, and it was Aaron Don Greg Gaines got in the backfield. He he got a sack, but if you watch the play, it was one of those like toss and then toss back to the quarterback, and like you know it took super right. long to develop. And Greg's like, oh look, the quarterback's got the ball. Cool, I'm gonna sack him. You know what I mean? But like Andy Dalton on average today, two point one six seconds average time to throw. That is the second quickest release we have seen for any quarterback in the entire league this season for a game. So it's like that's really another way to really 
negate those. You got those injuries up front on your offensive line. You're going against a defensive line that does have Aaron Donald. We're going to double Aaron. If they want to put him on the outside, we know we're still going to get rid of the ball quickly. And so the other part of the defense has to step up and be able to complement what's happening up front. And they just couldn't today. They they, they just really couldn't today. Uh, Also, do before, I know it's what's going on, but I do got to give a shout out. Tutu Atwell, smallest man in the league. Got a, got a touchdown <laughs> <Yeah>. today. <laughs> his his yeah. longest yeah. his longest of his career. You know, yeah, I knew he was fast. Stafford threw. It was absolute dime. And yeah, roasted Chris Harris. I think it might be close to time for Chris Harris to retire. Yeah, it's, it's about that yeah. time. He hasn't been the same since. But was he on that Super Bowl team last year with with them? No, uh, oh, um, with with, with Denver. Denver. Um, yeah, I think yeah he was yeah he was on that one. Okay, he hasn't been good since then. Maybe a year out. Maybe a couple years after right. that. Maybe. He was okay, but yeah, he hasn't been the right. same. He hasn't been the same many many moons. Right. So yep. yeah, yeah, he is. might be that time, time to call it a quits. But a team that I guess just was not gonna quit today. We're gonna speak on that. We will move into our ICU, and this is a collective one. What's up, player? I see you. And I feel like rightfully so. The Dallas Cowboys. We see you in this particular case. Yeah. What's up, player? I see you. You want to start out on the defensive side of the ball, so I'm going to let you cook on that first. Mostly looking at that side of the ball, Micah Parsons, that, that group. What do you got to say about that squad? You want, you want me to go first, bro? I already yeah. talked about it. Okay. I mean, I, just everything, bro. Like Now, I, I, I kind of talked about the secondary. I talked about the secondary, you know, um, comparing them to Buffalo a little bit. And I, and I do have... Buffalo is a better secondary, just going off of what the Vikings have played over the last couple of weeks and whatnot. But today they played pretty well. But it's that defensive line. The defensive line really just – it just they just took over the game, bro. They took over the game. Demarcus Lawrence, he had a sack. He, he didn't have, like, a crazy game or anything like that. But he was getting – he had a lot – he had a good push. Getting good push. You know? like, like if, yeah, good, good push, If everyone bro. watches, like, watches that game, you know, outside looking in perspective, you know, D- Dallas Cowboy fans think it was Thanos snapping the fingers and all that. But you know, right, right. But you know what? But if you, everyone just watching that game from a neutral stance, just if you go back and you watch it, just look at the line of scrimmage, and you'll see the white jerseys owning it. No matter if they didn't have the ball or if they did, it was just yeah. ownage, bro. Yeah, that part right there, man. That part right there. And um, you got to look at Dante Fowler. He, Junior, he got into the action. You look at um, what's his name? Uh. I think Durant's Armstrong, he was getting into the action. I mean, you got guys that's not like mainstay guys. Like you put them on another team and they've been on other teams. They're okay. The rotational guys, but they just all was getting after it. And that's basically what what this Cowboys defense is all about. It's that D it starts with that defensive line. And obviously, you know, Mika Parts, actually I should say it start with him Mm -hmm. and then the defensive line. That's how Mm -hmm. good he is. You know, but um, it just starts with that 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 the up front, man. You know, the linebackers obviously they're playing really solid as well. And like I said, the secondary they're just feeding off of it. They're feeding off of it, man. They don't have to do too much, you know. And and you know, like I brought up, like I brought up earlier, man. I mean, when you got when you got you know the offensive line, the opposing team that you're playing, their offensive line is not playing well. You know, um, it, it just it you it's like you smell blood in the water. At that point, you know, and 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 you you know that they're and we talked about this, they're limited. The play calling becomes limited. Mm-hmm. You know what they want to do. Everything just becomes limited. And now they, you know, they could just sit back and just, you know, 
kind of just feast on on that offense, you know. And that's basically and and you know what the Vikings want to do. The Vikings they want to they're they're they want to spread the wide receivers out. They want to get Cook going. There's a lot of things they like to do. Kevin O'Connor like to do with that offense, and he just wasn't able to get going because of that defensive line. So that that's where I would start at right there. The secondary played well, but I mean it's to me it it starts there. It's that D line that really just really took over the whole game, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, it started, bro. The first Vikings third down of the game, right? That was the strip sack mm-hmm. from Michael Parsons today. Uh, yeah, right. the Cowboys they they came out, and this is this is where I got I got to give Dan Quinn, bro. I got to give him credit this year. Yes, because yeah. he he yeah. was you know very similar to Gus Bradley that we run cover three different variations of it, and then we run cover one, and that's pretty much it. Right. And, and his usage to maybe tap into other things and to dress it up like very yeah. well, but still have like elements of your roots attached to everything you do. He he's doing that very, very well. And it was just it was they showed that they showed a six man look on the line of scrimmage. Right. Vikings came out 11 personnel for everybody listening. That's three receivers, one tight end, one running back, probably the most common personnel in the modern football era right now. But they came out in 11, and they went empty. So nobody in the backfield, right, into a three-by-two. So two receivers on one side, three on the other. So it's empty backfield. That means you got five-man protection. When the Cowboys walked up six men on it, that basically means, like, we got to get this ball out quick. But at the snap, two of those dudes dropped out. They only rushed four, right? So now the heads are spinning of the offensive linemen who had responsibility to do what? And Micah Parsons then got free, got loose strip sack on Kirk Cousins. Just being able to not only have these players like a Micah Parsons or like Armstrong, who you're bringing up, and Demarcus Lawrence as well, and then to be able to deploy them in ways or just maximize what they already do, it's awesome to see, man. It's it's really, really dope. And today, the other part about it that I want to give a shout-out to also, and I think it's warranted just based on where we're at in this season, Trayvon Diggs, he's not having the picks that he had last year. Right, his interception no. total's not there. But if you were to ask me, that dude's having a better season than he did last year because he's not allowing yeah. the pass completions that he was before. He's not giving up. He's not getting beat at that same level. He still has some interceptions, mm-hmm. right? He's not leading the league. Right. He doesn't have to lead the league, right? But right. you want the dude to play good ball. And this year, right. he's today in this game against the Vikings. He said no. I'm going to follow Justin Jefferson. And they talked about it a little bit in like, the, in like the pregame. They were talking about it. Like he asked to follow him and Quinn was like, well, you know, he lines up in the slot, the blah, blah, blah. This is where we're going. He's like, no, I got him. And sure. The play calling changed things, you know, in a different type of game, Jefferson probably is going to get a lot more against him. You know how much we are on Justin Jefferson, but to be able to have just that type of approach to go into a game of this magnitude. And while it still was a game early on to be able to play as well as he right. did. I mean, it's it's it was it was it was a well executed game plan from this Dallas Cowboys defense. Got to give them their flowers. Yeah. Definitely don't want to take away none from the offense. I think all Cowboy fans and everybody know they have an offense. That you know the, the, their offense has been legit for for a while now. Not just this year, last year. I think they were the top scoring team, mm-hmm. right? Last they year, were. I think it was. And so this year, I mean, it's it's no shock. It's a shock that they the, the when you look at the score from yesterday's game, 40 to three. It's it's a shock just looking at that. But as far as them being able to put up a lot of points, this is what this is what Dallas has been able to do for a little while now. But we'll give them their flowers as well, man. Dak played a really, really good game. 
you know, um, Tony Pollard, he played, he, he balled out as well. He had, well, he didn't ball out, but he, he did ball. Yeah, out. He did his part. He did enough. He did enough. I mean, you know, the man had 189 total yards. He had, oh, yeah, that's right. Catching too. Yeah, catching, his, yeah rushing, his rushing wasn't. I was thinking about rushing. Yeah. Well, yeah, because rushing, 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 he only had 80 yards. But overall, total game, yeah, he balled out for sure because he had 100 in receiving yards. And then, yeah, obviously 80 yards in, as far as rushing. So, I mean, yeah, he, he did his thing. He did his thing. And then, like I said, Dak Prescott, he's, he's, he looks back to his normal self. He's comfortable now. So, yeah, shout out to offense as well, man. They, they they did their thing, man. This team is, you know, I mean, I think it's it's starting to, you know, are we taking this team serious? I think that's that's the next really the question here now. Is are we, you know, because you look at some of the teams the Eagles in play, especially out of the NFC. Mm-hmm. You know, I know this different, you know, discussion, and we'll we'll eventually we're gonna get to it for the listeners out there, you know. But it is something that you know I think we need to start doing is taking this team a little bit seriously. I'm not saying we're not now. It's just that, you know, it's still still a little not early. You know, we're halfway. We're just about we're we're half we're we're over halfway through the season. Um, And you look at who they played so far, their matchups compared to the Eagles. They've had tougher matchups, you know, and they've and they've held their own and they've won Mm -hmm. some of those matchups as well. So I these two teams here, the, the NFC East. That was the NFC least for the last what few four what four four years at least three years at least with the Cowboys being the best team. That's not the case no more, man. This, this division is tough, right. and this team right here might be the toughest in the whole NFC. Man, it's so, it's making the yeah. NFC interesting, and 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 you're right because we do have to give the Cowboys the credit because especially I mean think of the magnitude of this game, right? After right. last week, Minnesota losing or beating the Bills like they did. And the Cowboys mm-hmm. losing to the Packers like they did, right? They needed a bounce back win to be able to remain in contention for the division race because the Giants are having a super surprise season right now, right? The Eagles right. Are, are rolling like you know one loss, mm-hmm. like they like they're just sitting there, you know, killing people right now. And right. then even now, the wa- Washington is on. Don't look now; they're on a four game win streak yeah. and knocked off Philly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Not the NFC least, yeah. bro. This is about to be the NFC feast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, right. this this is where we're at yeah. right now, and and it's it's it you have it has to be given credit when these teams go ahead and make these statements like this. I mean, today yeah. this Dallas Cowboys offense scored points on eight of their ten possessions, including <laughs> seven straight scoring drives. Right. I don't think a lot of people yeah. listening understand how like significant that is or how rare that is because we were just talking about a whole entire quarter where the Jason Voorhees, you know, <laughs> like 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 Chiefs went scoreless for right. a quarter, right? And then you have yeah. you have against the Vikings team that we know is going to be in the playoffs, and you drop seven straight right. scoring drives on them. You put up four hundred fifty-eight total yards of offense, and mm-hmm. just as I was talking about earlier with Isaiah Pacheco, bro. Yeah. Tony Pollard needs to is is I think it's I think it's I think it's already happened. It just hasn't been like spoken about. Yeah, taking over. Already know. Is going. the man. Tony Pollard is the yeah. man. It's like you remember. Do you ever see the movie Captain Phillips? No. Yeah. yeah I'm the that. captain now. Tony Pollard <laughs> looked at the Vikings and looked at Zeke and Jerry Jones yeah. and just basically said, "I am the captain now." Right. Yeah. And he did because yeah. today with his 21 touches. 189 total yards and two TDs. This man had more yards and points than the Vikings did if you just took three quarters of his game. 
Facts. <laughs> Bro, like Facts. they got like hit like he had a couple of good runs. Overall, I think the Vikings did end up bottling him up as the game went on as far as his rushing goes, because he had two really, right. really nice runs early on. Just mm-hmm. he his ability to knife through small gaps and then find like find just tiny creases that he accelerates through. It's he glides, I think, a little bit different than Pacheco does because they're kind of the same the same stature, you know. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. he yeah. is just he's he's smoother, you know. Like we were talking about Pacheco's like a drummer, like da 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 with his feet. Yeah, where right, where right. like Pollard is just like it's like he's walking on like a river or something, like sprinting on a river. It's just smoother like that. And he just like yeah. and in the same fashion, he just is able to leak through these holes. And just weave his way into different areas. And it, and it looks very easy to him. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's got to be the focal point of the offense. And then when they put him in the passing game, I mean, we saw it today. The dude had two plays where you get a linebacker matched up on this guy and he turns vertical. Like what happened against today against Jordan Hicks when they put him on that wheel route is what, what I want to say it was a wheel route. I think it might have been a Seattle concept. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to again, I got to I got to all 22 to confirm that or not. But when he got outside, I know it was. It ended up being basically how the zone broke down. Is Jordan's got to carry him? Jordan Hicks has to carry him. And as soon as he realized he had to, it looked like just oh shit, it <laughs> 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 was gone. Like, right. like, like that's how the zone broke. Oh, I got to carry that. Damn it, you know. And he's he was out there. So yeah, uh, Dak today, twenty two of twenty five, eighty eight percent completion percentage, the second best mark of his career. I mean, he was just absolutely in the zone. It was like NBA Jam when you hit three pointers, three in a row, or three buckets in a row, and you got on fire. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. that was Dak today. His RPO reads were there. His ball location was on point. The way like he was, yeah. they've kind of also got to credit him and also Kellen Clemens. And I think what also goes into this is Dak's health, but his running ability is a component of the RPO now where a lot of times a lot of people will think maybe, okay, the RPO is either a hand to the running back or a quick throw on a glance route or a little bubble. Right, right, but the quarterback right. can also keep it on those. That's just yeah. another wrinkle in the RPO that some quarterbacks don't maybe tap into, but mm-hmm. they are doing that now with Dak. And the way that yeah. Dak is so cerebral and can also put the ball on target, and now you have teams basically running to account for Tony Pollard, having to deal with C.D. Lamb, and whoever else, like, I mean, they're drawing up double moves for Noah Brown. Right? That got yeah. them down to the right. one yard right. line. I mean, like, and it's working. Like, you have all these different things, like, clicking right now and the way that offensive line is playing. Yeah, man, this Thursday game between the Cowboys and the Giants is is, is going to bring yeah, some thankfuls to the table. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a really good one. Really good one, man. And I, at the Giants, it almost seemed like they – <laughs> they gotta win this one. That's what it seems like, man. You don't want to fall behind the, the A ball because what they got? They're are they six and four? Where, where they at right now? Uh, the the Giants? Yeah, no, no, no. They only have uh, Giants. They got uh, oh, they're seven, seven and three, three, yeah, seven and three. Okay, so, yeah, they'll be fine if they take if, if they if they happen to take a loss here. But think about it like this, though, man. Think about it like this. So Giants Cowboys Thursday, right? Seven and three. Commanders coming up next Sunday at home. We've seen how this version of the Commanders can, like, you aren't safe, you know, against them right now. Yeah, you're not. Like, right. Let me can say that much. December 11th, at home against the Eagles. Right? December 18th, right. Commanders again. 
December 24th, day before Christmas, Vikings. Yeah. Then the Colts, and then one more game against the Eagles. Like, this is as as surprising and as good as the season has been for the Giants. We're in a spot right now to where the the rug could be pulled out from underneath them if they don't if they don't if they don't tighten it up. You know what I mean? Yep. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a great point. Because it, it's not getting easier. Mm-hmm. Not getting easier. So that that's that's why the, their loss was was crucial yeah. today. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Yeah. This this NFC, the the East, I think we know. We we are both West Coast dwellers in terms of our geographical location within the country, right? <laughs> right. So we say the the best coast is the West Coast, you know, the left right. coast, right. as we say. But and we all thought that was going to be the case with the NFC West and the AFC West in this 2022 season. We all thought that was going to be the case when the sun was shining and it was in the middle of summer. But now, as we get right. here into November football, as Turkey hits our plates, we are realizing. That the AFC East with the Dolphins, with the Bills, right? With the yeah. Jets having a surprise year, with the Patriots still yeah. somehow pulling out a crazy game to go ahead and beat them. No one, you, you don't want to play Bill Belichick. No one wants to, right. right? And then now we're seeing the NFC East also being it. We thought the West was the best, but now, like I said earlier, the East in 2022, they're looking to feast. So yeah. we appreciate y'all listening, and I hope you all enjoy your feasts coming up on this 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 uh thanksgiving this thanksgiving week we will have a preview show i will not be a part of it however we will have a cover zero show nonetheless for all of you we appreciate y'all listening very much uh just one quick thing i have to say before we get out of here y'all welcome donkeys let's ride